Welcome, everybody. We are back with episode five of The Spin. Today, we'll be focusing our time on the importance of our physical and mental well-being. Before we get started, though, with all that's going on with COVID-19, we thought a quick update from Mark at home in his office and Kristen escaping his family in his car was a good way to tee up the well-being podcast. Let's get into it. So what I was thinking was because we recorded the last one, it kind of struck me as I was listening to it and editing it, like the world has changed in a couple of weeks. And so it would make sense for us to maybe just tee up why that stuff's maybe even important right now. Uh, obviously with COVID-19, the world has changed and we'd be kind of remiss not to acknowledge that, that there are things that are drawing our attention and, and maybe we have to focus a bit more time on our kids and there's a lot more energy in different places, which means that we're probably not paying complete attention to kind of our physical well-being and all the other pieces that go along with everything that we touch on in the, in the podcast, which you'll hear after this. If, you're, if you haven't been focusing on yourself, then now's a good time where you can refocus on yourself. I'm trying to have as, as much as I can in my day-to-day to, to kind of keep me afloat, knowing that my life's got a lot crazier. And I don't know if you're paying extra attention to that stuff, too. Yeah, I mean, I think, as you say, when we uh, when we recorded the last episode, we obviously knew that COVID-19 was going on, but it seemed to kind of escalate so much so quickly, didn't it? But I know you and I have been kind of keeping in touch, so it's kind of important to acknowledge that I know you are safe and your family are safe and, and likewise this end, but it's a, certainly a troubling time for everyone, but it does, as you say, brings to front of mind the, the topics that we covered Um and I think there's you know, this unprecedented time, as everyone says, um, that everyone's going through. So hopefully there's some good takeaways and uh, I'll make sure that in the show notes, there's people see that there's reference to some specific uh, kind of activities that are COVID-19 or coronavirus related in terms of things that you can do um, from a mental and physical well-being perspective. So welcome back to another episode of The Spin. Um, Great to be back here with you again, Mr. Butcher, um, talking about all things in the world. You could say, like, nice to be here or something, or just, like, feel like I'm talking to myself. I'm going to hang you out to dry. (laughs) I like it. I like it better that way. It's mean. (laughs) Um, So I had the uh, thought that a really interesting topic for us to talk about this time around, maybe a slightly bit heavier than some of the things we've done before, would be around uh, well-being. But no, I, I know after the, the we recorded our last episode, um, we were having a chat afterwards because we made reference to financial well-being in that uh, episode four. And um, it struck me that financial well-being is just one component of overall well-being, which I think is really important for us to think about. And you made the also interesting point. Um, you making me sound very interesting. No, <laughs> you were interesting twice in that episode from memory. <laughs> At least twice. <laughs> Probably made only. the uh, maybe not once made made the point that that's probably also an important thing when you do think about career longevity is like you your career longevity is only based on your well being in many respects which we didn't necessarily touch on in the episode but for sure is an important component isn't it of course it's important Mark this is why we work out and we invest time in ourselves but not everybody is probably as aware about that as maybe we are and maybe we can educate some people today about the benefits yeah so why don't we try and do that a little bit so um so if everyone can just stand up from their desk no let's not do a um kind of an online well-being session um but yeah so i i think what would be helpful today is just maybe to provide a bit of context around different components of well-being because it's a pretty complex topic like many things can be so just to break down 
uh, what it means a little bit. And then um, we can spend some time maybe focusing on a few different components of well-being that, that resonate with us um, and things that we can hopefully share with people. And then, as always, end with some top tips for people. So, and I'm going to call it now at least once. Mark is going to say and write that down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I promise I will say top that. tips and write that down. Yeah. So we'll um, we'll go through some top tips that you can write down. There you go. Got it in early. So. <laughs> So well-being. So I, I, what struck me when I was thinking about this is, is often the situation where the, the very natural greeting that you give people in terms of, how are you doing, Kristen? I'm fine. I'm fine. Like, what does that really mean? So there's so many different layers to well-being in terms of thinking about it from different perspectives. And again, there's a, a kind of model, you know, I like my models, which um, kind of shows this to a certain extent. But people think about spiritual well-being, relationship well-being, intellectual well-being social well-being so let's start with physical well-being so i think it's a good place to start which is all about your physical health so Kristen, what do you do for exercise tell me what do i do for exercise uh throughout the year so i have a gym in my basement uh so that involves a treadmill i've got a rower got some free weights uh i've got like a men's health book that has like 500 pages of stuff that i can kind of tease apart different things i want to do, do you, you, but you i know you actually open that book as well it's i do why there's one page in particular that's like it's it's number 496 <laughs> okay that <laughs> particular exercise it's a series a sequence of exercises yeah um but sometimes i i look for other things um so that's that in the summer i run way more and i i'm I'm happy to see that we're almost there because I need it. I think a lot of people find winter hard. I am one of those people speaking about like mental well-being. Like right. I, I find winter um, the, the toughest season to get through. Uh, but for sure running. And then I also, um, two years in a row, I've done a thing called a Tough Mudder, which is like a 17-click, people that don't know what a click is, kilometer, like 25 obstacles. It's like a three-hour event sort of days. Those are some things I do. What do you do? Um, nothing quite as adventurous. So I go to a gym, um, and actually do things there yep. occasionally. I used to until I invested in a home gym because yeah. I ran out of time. Yeah. So I go to a gym. Um, I started running kind of recently, but don't go very often. So, um, so I do that occasionally, but don't, wouldn't say I love it. Uh, do a bit of cycling, uh, play soccer. So yeah, I try to keep active. I think the more, interesting thing for me is that you know even if I think five years ago I wasn't doing a lot of physical activity um, beyond walking and stuff so it was a combination of things that made me start to think differently about how important that can be to your overall health but then also recognizing that the it's kind of a connection between all those things so if I can get my physical health in a good spot then that you know I certainly find that having a good knock-on impact on my mental health as well whether it helps with my spiritual well-being <laughs> i'm not quite sure determined. i'm running to church yeah <laughs> not yet was there something that led you to pay more attention to kind of your physical health or yeah i think it's a combination of things it wasn't um you know, fortunately it wasn't a kind of a major incident or anything but i was i had the benefit of a previous employer to a, to go to an annual medical assessment which i'd never done particularly in the uk i hadn't done them very often and doing one of those um, where everything was fine, but they do make you do the kind of stress tests, running stress tests, and also to do kind of a physical, which included doing various kind of squats and squats and stre- stretches <laughs> and things. Um, so I can't even say them, never might do them, but it was um, that was a, a real 
eye-opener to me. And at that kind of weak moment when they recognize that you're you're being told that you're, you know, whatever percentile or below average when it comes to this, that, or the other, they throw in the opportunity to get a personal trainer and to do some work. So I think that in combination of thinking, well, it's probably a good time for me to think about losing weight um, was a trigger. And also, you know, my dad at the time was, um, went through uh, heart surgery, um, which, you know, was very successful and has given him this new lease of life which is amazing but I remember very vividly um, sat around his bed as he was recovering with my brother um, and you know my dad kind of encouraging us to kind of do exercise and stuff and you know we both all, all three of us had the benefit of being surrounded by our mum as we were growing up who's this amazing cook and amazing baker so um you know he's kind of encouraging us not to eat you, as much. you took full advantage or he took oh, full yeah, advantage no, she was a mate she you know she's an amazing cook so i think it's not and it wasn't just that um so i think those things have helped because you know it's important to have a motivation of some sort isn't it and i think people have different motivations but for the longest time as i kind of worked through that gradually that was a good motivation for me what was your? Do you have any motivations around it, or did you just you, you're just naturally athletic? No, I don't think I'm naturally athletic. I mean, I was when I was a kid, but that stopped when I found rock and roll. Uh, I got to a point where I just felt fat. <laughs> okay, felt no, fat. no, like, and it's like when you think about like so Thanksgiving, Christmas, like those big holidays. Like even if you gain a pound or two per year, after like ten years of like loving those holidays, that's actually twenty pounds that's following you around. Plus, right. if you you know, you don't mind drinking, you know, Ontario's finest craft beer all the time and right. things like that. Like it just kind of adds up. And if you're, you know, we all, not all, but I mean, a lot of us lead pretty sedentary lives where you're sat down at a desk for eight yeah. hours a day or you're taking the trip. Like I just, yeah, I just wasn't in a good spot. And I, when I first started working out, I actually went to one of these, um, like 30 minute kickbox okay. places. That's when you were fighting. Yes, when I was fighting, exactly. Uh, and I remember walking in and uh, like they were super nice and welcoming. It was great. But like I needed help to like get me on the journey. So now I can work out by myself and do all that kind of stuff. But I, I just needed a, a way, a mechanism to like get into being active. It's, if you have the ability to go outside and go for a run, the only thing that's stopping you, minus not being prepared for the weather, is yourself. So yeah, well, I mean, you see that there's the the kind of running rooms. You see lots of groups who do that because they kind of encourage each other. To, and yeah, they, they do it together. Soon you start with little distances and then build it up, which is great. So my personal challenge was uh, I recognized I wasn't where I was where I wanted to be physically, but I didn't know how to become active. I, that was the biggest thing to overcome. And then once I kind of could overcome that and see some version of results, and I was like, okay. I could probably find it because they're not the cheapest games in town. When you go to these like group, like the orange theories of the world and things like that, like, yeah. they're, they're good for what they are, but you kind of plateau and then they kind of got you on a, you know, a subscription membership where you're in it for the next year anyway. So you keep doing it. So I kind of got in and got moving and then, um, started to see some version of results. And then from there it kind of went on. It reminds me, I know we both did this training uh, a while ago, but there's, for those who aren't familiar with something called ADCAR, which is a very, common way of thinking about how people manage change but it's i mean you, you've almost just taught that through in your example didn't you which i remember they always use the example of losing weight but the idea of the a is all about awareness so you felt fat yeah um the desire around d is desire wanting to do something about it yeah getting the knowledge from somebody about how to and then reinforce it by there's seeing another the results. a in there yeah, somewhere well, there's awareness, awareness, awareness ability i think it ability was. so yeah. building the ability and then the reinforcement so um so yeah i think that's the kind of way to think about it but it's that initial kind of push around the awareness and the desire i think is is key for people um 
so yeah, so I think it's uh, finding that initial motivation is important. But it's we, we've touched on physical health, but I think there's also obviously the other parts of that are eating healthily, um, and also making sure that you get enough sleep. So I've always been quite fortunate in being able to sleep soundly. Um, but that's certainly something that people think about a lot. And I know you mentioned uh, Robin Sharma in the last episode, and he, uh, as when I was looking up him afterwards, he did this thing about waking up at five o'clock in the morning. So, so that seems very popular at the moment. People get the most out of their life by getting up very early. But it's worth remembering that those people do get themselves tucked up in bed at a relatively early hour. Um, so they're still getting their designated amount of sleep at seven hours, whatever it might be. So. Um, physical exercise, eating healthy, sleeping well. But the other thing I did want to mention as well, and I haven't got any kind of particular gruesome stories to share around this one, but I know it's kind of very common in in men um, in particular who avoid going to the doctors when they need to. You know, if there's any lumps or bumps or whatever it might be, just making sure that if you have got anything that you want to get checked out by a doctor, you go and visit them quickly, um, which I know lots of men put off. Um, but that's also an important message, I think. I've always been like a a dentist avoider a doctor avoider if you will when i was younger for sure a dentist avoider and honestly your teeth are important to your health too um i've always whenever i'm like stuck with doing something i always like try to tell Lindsay, like can you remind me to do this like can like because right. i'll never do it myself yeah. like i need you to like keep Hold on accountable to it. yeah like it's I, I just i know it's one of the areas that i'll never be as tight on myself right. as, as she will be well, that's a good tactic though isn't it kind of whatever it might be as a way of i i would similarly do that with sarah as well it's like have somebody else to help you be accountable for something i think just, it's a really good technique yeah just know the spots where you're gonna like not hold yourself to it and then yeah. get them to do it because you wouldn't be asking them if you didn't need the help well it's the same as why people go to running rooms and have gym buddies and all that sort of stuff isn't it that idea of having a partner so um so if you think about physical well-being um as our first area to focus on any tips for people when it comes to physical well-being my only tip would be maybe there's two there's one just start doing something because anything is better than nothing and two uh don't worry about being judged and do your best to not judge people as well who are trying to figure it out because everyone's at a different spot in their journey and it is a journey you don't get there overnight and uh and i think if you just kind of just start going doesn't matter how big or small you are there's tons of people that are thinking about how they could be doing better tomorrow and if you're doing it today you're already ahead of them The next one is to think about mental well-being. What's interesting about mental well-being, I think we're increasingly trying to remove some of that stigma associated with mental well-being. So this is the kind of situation where you can have a degree of empathy for somebody if you can see that their arm's in a sling or whatever kind of physical issue they're dealing with, but it's much harder around mental well-being. But I think through some of the great work that organizations do, be it Bell Let's Talk and others. It's the first one that comes to mind for me. I yeah, think they've done always, a ton. isn't it? Yeah. yeah, which is great. You know, I think it does re- certainly raise that awareness and remove the stigma. But it was interesting, some of the statistics around this, and I actually signed myself up for a, a course um, with Canadian Mental Health Association uh, in a couple of months to help go into organizations and talk about psychological safety, which is one of those kind of trendy terms that's um, kind of been created in the last few uh, years. But one in five people will experience mental health, according to the Canadian Mental Health Association. But interestingly, by the age of 40, 50% of people would have or be dealing with or have had a mental illness, which is 
significant, you know, it's a huge part of the population. Obviously, half the population will be dealing with that, um, with mental health of some sort. So I think this is a really important one to think about as well. The other really scary statistic, uh, again, men uh, have a mortality rate of four times higher than women through suicide. So obviously, hugely tragic situations where people aren't really having the the opportunity to perhaps get the support they need uh, when it comes to mental health. So I think that's a, an important consideration as well. Uh, and I think all of it, that gets back to thinking about what we can do to kind of raise awareness of, of each other um, and also awareness of ourselves when it comes to these sorts of things so that we are getting the right help that we, we potentially need. So when I think about all of that, I then you know often put these things in a kind of work context and, and think about, well, what, what is it that's going on in people's work lives because that's often the interactions that we're having with people to to think about how we can help support people through these situations as well um and certainly the the common terminology that we see often in organizations these days is around people feeling burned out with work yeah when people do things that they think they're expected to do then people kind of continue to do it so in a different way if people were like no you should only do 40 hours a week because we know it's not going to be good for your head or you should find the time to go outside and go for a run because if you're always working like dust to dawn you're never going to see the light of day and you're never going to go get some exercise i think that that's changing, um, but it, it changes because there are people that and companies and organizations that are bringing focus to the fact that, you know, living a life where you're constantly working isn't probably great for you, right? I, I think of someone, um, do you know who Michael Landsberg is? He used to be on um, TSN, which is a sports network in Canada. He's a big kind of spokesperson for Bell Let's Talk. He was probably the first person that I remember coming out to the world with having like anxiety depression issues um and it seems like the world's miles away from where he was when he kind of early days talked about it and i think we sometimes we forget that it's just really scary to talk about some of this stuff sometimes and and once you have one then there could be a second then there could be a third and then there becomes a movement so the more we arm people to say it's not okay to you know work me to the bone or it's not okay to have a job where you're basically paying for one person when you should have three the less it's going to happen. Yeah, so I think I mean all these things that are raising awareness is is great in the workplace because it is such a huge component of people's lives. And I think there's an opportunity f- people have to show up to work, kind of literally. So you know, I think that means that in the right environment, you can start to see people and and hopefully identify where there are situations where people perhaps are struggling from a mental well-being perspective, and then provide them with the right support. But at the same time, you know, work uh, as we know can be a huge causer of these things um so you think about burnout the some research i i I was looking at seven and a half thousand full-time employees this was gallup research the top five reasons for burnout included unfair treatment at work an unmanageable workload lack of role clarity uh, lack of communication support from their manager and then unreasonable time pressure so there's nothing in there which isn't doable in terms of trying to actually you know remove some of those issues for people but again it's having the awareness around those things in organizations so they're consciously thinking about these factors and what they can do to to make life better for people in the workplace yeah the thing that i guess strikes me within those is you do have a choice right like i know everyone needs to make a dollar and we've all got bills to pay and we have obligations but if you didn't have any of those and you worked at a great employer your life would be materially better yeah so you don't have to subject yourself to things that are not working for the way you want to work. Um, and give it enough time, they're not going to be in business anyway, to be honest, because you can't do this forever. No, 
but yes, it's not, it's, it's not sustainable, but I, I think, you know, and I can relate to this to a certain extent myself, as well as having been in situations where I've been trying to help people in this situation. I think you often have kind of the blinkers on when you're in that situation and it, you know, because of, of the circumstances, you feel as though you do have less control or less options than I agree with you than reality you do have. So it's, again, it's, it's almost similar to your, physical exercise example it's back to the ad car thing yeah. like what's the awareness and the desire and the knowledge and that's again you know thinking at the risk of am i making this meta now is that i don't doing? know well yeah well it's getting meta in is its it own episode meta? but okay. i also think it's like this episode sponsored by pro side change Manager. <laughs> <laughs> we're uh we are now paying them to no um <laughs> Yeah, no, no, like I think, but it does. It's interesting because it, it's like yeah. that level of um, kind of awareness you have about how how these things are impacting you. You actually have more control than you actually realize. But the getting the courage to to kind of make a change can be difficult. I think so. Yeah, and the mindset piece too, right? Like yeah. if you if you recognize that you know for you to be at your best, not only do you need to have kind of like financial wealth or and well being, etc., but you know, you've got to have the, the mental and the physical pieces. If something's got to give, then, like, I'm not saying this today, but something's got to give. Yeah. And you well, have control. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's, you know, the, the accountability, feels like we put a lot of accountability on yourself as an individual, but that's maybe the point of this particular episode. We shouldn't ignore the fact that any listeners or anybody who is in a more leadership role, you know, that comes with, I think, even more responsibility these days. You have to kind of feel as though you have the the skills to to look out for these different situations and the people that are working for you and provide them with the right support as well as, you know, and I know it sounds obvious, but it's worth saying, making sure that you're not doing anything to create environments that make life difficult for people in terms of burnout. Um, so there's there's lots of accountability on, on us as individuals, regardless of our role, but increased responsibility, I think, on leaders as well to make sure they're thinking about mental health. Lots, um, I was going to say, lots of organizations also have tools in place too. So uh, if you have a RSP at your organization where they'll make a contribution, you need to know that they'll make the contribution and then you can start kind of gaining that. If you didn't know about it and you, no one told you about it, then you you know, you know kind of missed the boat. doesn't mean it's not there. Uh, lots of organizations similarly have, through their benefit plans, employee assistance programs, they've got counselors basically on demand for anything that you would need to kind of speak to someone quickly about when you don't have anyone in your back pocket. And so from a leader perspective, if you did see someone on your team that was maybe, str- maybe struggling, it doesn't mean that you need to go resolve it for them because that's a lot to ask of anyone, particularly when they're paid for by an organization, medical professionals that can provide that that expert counsel so almost uh if it if you do see it happen just look around i guess what's in your your toolbox and your tool belt like as a person there are resources out there out in the world which are not related to your organization within many organizations there are some um but just from a pure humanity perspective if you see someone struggling like wouldn't you want to help in hand if you could like yeah yeah, and I think and we'll make sure that some of those, you know, as many of the resources that we're familiar with, we put in the show notes for people because I think there are some great resources out there as as people kind of recognise that there's more work to be done to to aware, raise awareness around this particular topic. So we talked about physical well-being, um, so the 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 value of of exercise, eating healthy sleep uh making sure that you do go to your doctors when you you need to um and then shifted into to mental well-being and hopefully not scared you too much with some of the statistics but it's important to to i think 
uh, again, raise awareness of these things and remove stigma. So it feels like we're coming to the end of this episode of The Spin. So our spin on well-being, I think there's a few tips that I would like to leave the audience with uh, as we think about well-being or health. Um, so the first one for me is around thinking about what you can do to build your own resilience. And I want people to think back to Growth Mindset podcast here because there's lots within that podcast which I think will encourage um, a growth mindset which is ultimately about building resilience. Second one is finding things that you really enjoy doing when it comes to things like exercise and also importantly work. Um, Not forgetting to kind of connect with people. We didn't talk so much about the relationship part of or the social part of well-being but I think certainly connecting with people uh, and good people be it family friends is a great way of building your your mental resilience and your mental well-being and as related to that people often get a lot of value some of you may remember that I talked about my purpose being around helping other people but that can also be another way of helping you to to kind of build your own kind of well-being think about those things you're doing that are going to build um, kind of have a double whammy in many respects you're doing something for somebody else but actually helps you as well so find those things think about relaxation techniques that are going to help you uh, if that's your thing uh, be it yoga meditation um, I'm not going to mention writing things down because you'll roll your eyes um, and overall just think about what you can do to keep a balance like everything in moderation like you know be it regardless of whether it's your Thanksgiving dinner to your exercise just think about what you can do to kind of create the right balance in your life which ensures that all these things are kind of working to support each other and then I am convinced that you'll get the value, have more energy, you'll be able to to kind of give back more to the kind of world and the community within which you work, which I think is ultimately what we're all trying to do. And there you have it, another episode of The Spin in the Books. We're hoping you're able to focus some of your time these days on your own personal well-being. Please check the show notes for links to some of the info we covered off today. Just a reminder, we love referrals and they help us grow. So share it with a friend if you think The Spin could add value to their day. Also, we would love if you could take a minute to leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts, and we'll talk to you soon.